Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft, uh, the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Uh, tonight, episode sixty-two, and wanted to chat a little about the exciting fact that fishing season is now open in Nova Scotia. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Ben unfortunately could not join us tonight. Uh, he had an emergency obligation that came up, and he's out doing his thing. But as in the past, when one of us can't make it, the show must go on. So yeah. Fishing finally opened in Nova Scotia. The The season was delayed due to the COVID-19 pandemic going on here. And I mean, agree with it or not agree with it, it doesn't matter. That's the way it was. But finally, on May 1st, they decided to open it up, which is awesome. Because I mean, a lot of people wanted to get out and do some fishing. And the argument was that you can still say uh, social distanced and isolated and all that good stuff because of, you know, fishing rivers and streams and stuff like that. But in any case... Um, so yeah, it's open. Uh, that's great. What does that mean to... Hey David, thanks for joining us. Uh, so what does that mean for us as bushcrafters here in Nova Scotia? So the first thing I want to put out there, and my opinion is this does not mean that we're back to running out and camping and hitting the trails and all this good stuff. Uh, the government is still planning to systematically kind of open things back up, and if you follow along with their their thought process on it, it kind of makes sense. They're going to start introducing things uh, in a regulated way to try and ease us back into our normal routines. But what that does mean for us as bushcrafters is this is kind of giving us a little bit of leeway to get back out and do some day trips. Uh, I know they opened some day park trails and things like that at the same time, so that's given us a few more options to get out and see some nature uh, practice our skills a little bit more. Unfortunately, there still is a full fire ban in effect for the entirety of the province, which means you can't have open fires. Uh, there is some debate in there as what constitutes an open fire, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, all I can say on that is definitely check your local regulations and your munis municipal... Ah, anyway, check your bylaws and uh, just make sure that you're being all legal. We don't want anyone out there getting in trouble. Um, David from West Virginia. Uh, I'm not sure why he said West twice. Am I missing something there, dude? Um, anyway, like I said, what this does mean is this is kind of going to give us a day pass. <laughs> Isolation. So... The idea is you can get out, you can do some fishing. They still want you to be social distanced. Uh, that means you still need to do your two meters in between people. They still don't want you in groups bigger than five, I think it is. No more than five. Uh, so this is not a free pass to go out and do some fishing with like a group of your buddies and drink beer and go boating and all that good stuff. No. What this means is the leash has been t loosened up ever so slightly so that we can get out do uh, a little bit of woodsy stuff, have some enjoyment, and kind of get back just to a little degree of normality. And what I mean by that is, I'm sure everybody that's listening and that's been on the show uh, chatting with us in the comments and stuff, they're starting to feel the pressures of kind of being stuck at home. I mean, uh... Here in West Virginia, fishing has been open the whole time. Even waived the fishing license replacement for a month. And only 3% positive tests, so I think it's a good idea to keep it up. So that's awesome, David. I'm happy down there in West Virginia the fishing season's been open. Uh, I do know that in, like, other provinces and stuff, too, they opened on time. 
Uh, I think a couple provinces, like your state there did, waived the fishing license fee, just get people out there and give them a little bit of reprieve. Uh, here in Nova Scotia, our numbers weren't doing so, so great comparatively to the rest of the country, uh, but there's kind of a little bit more to it than that. Per person, or per populace, Nova Scotia has actually done a significant amount more testing than a lot of the other provinces, so our numbers kind of looked a little inflated, but it was a good thing. It meant we were testing more, so obviously we were going to get more cases, and based on that, they decided to delay sport fishing season from April 1st to 15th, depending if it was inland waters or uh, tidal waters and all that good stuff, and they delayed it to May 1st. But uh, yeah, so finally us, us guys up here, and gals, don't get me wrong, us folks up here, uh, can finally get out and do some fishing, so we're catching up to everybody else. Uh, I myself got out once over the weekend on Sunday. I uh, did a little, didn't go that far. Didn't go that deep into the woods. Once again, they're still recommending that if you have to drive too far, maybe reconsider where you're going. So literally it was like a 10 minute drive from home uh, and then maybe a 30 minute walk into the woods because it's uh, where I'm at. I'm more rural. I actually drove into town uh, to hit a trail that leads up to a nice little pond that I knew was going to be very private. And I wouldn't have to worry about seeing people uh, or crossing paths with people or anything like that. And I just kind of wanted to um, try my luck at this lake. I had seen it a couple times when I was out there hunting. Uh, never really knew if there was fishing or anything like that. So I wanted to go up there. And that's kind of my first spot where I went this year just because I knew there'd be nobody there. It's a very off-the-beaten-path kind of place. Uh, and it was actually really enjoyable. Uh, didn't get any fish. That sucks, of course. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a little duck pond is what we call it locally, but it's actually fairly big. It's, uh, it's, there's a beaver dam in the center. There's some pictures on the Facebook page there for anybody that wants to see it. Uh, beautiful scenery. It was cool that day. The wind was blowing, so I didn't have a whole lot working for me. Uh, it was really hard to cast from shore, which was kind of something I worried about. When I'd up, been up there previously, I uh, got tangled up in reeds and stuff like that. Don't get me wrong. I was not set up the best for the fishing trip I had in mind. Uh, it was kind of a hurried adventure just to get out and get away from being in my office or something like that. I just wanted to get out in the woods and have a reason to, and fishing seemed great. So what I ended up doing, all joking aside, was I actually stopped at one of the big box marts here locally and got one of those uh, $25 collapsible rods because my thought process behind this is I may start trying to take the four-wheeler to some of the lakes that are kind of off the beaten path. Uh, if anybody has a four-wheeler, I highly recommend you look into a product called the ATV Trails of Nova Scotia. Uh, in my instance, they have them for other provinces and stuff like that too. But it, what it does is it shows you, obviously, the majority of the trails uh, where you can take your ATV. Which is great, because you can kind of, from here anyway, we can get on the Trans-Canada Trail System pretty easily. It's just maybe, I don't know, 500 meters away from my driveway. You can jump onto it. And you can take these trails and they'll branch off and spider off to a lot of different places. And you can get to these little remote lakes and stuff like that that... Not a lot of people locally take the time to go to. They hit the trails, they kind of stay on the groom trails, and they want to, you know, get to the next town over or something like that. But if you have a keen eye uh, and a little bit of adventurous spirit, you can jump on these trails and kind of get off the beaten path 
and you can end up some really nice, amazing lakes. Uh, I know last year I had taken my wife out on a little ride, and we went to a beautiful little lake that had a nice little camp area set up, and I'd really like to try and hit that maybe this weekend or something, but we'll see what weather and stuff is doing. Oh, hey, Troy, thanks for joining us. Um, or joining me, I guess, tonight. Uh, so that's that's kind of what this whole fishing thing means for us. Uh, it, it's going to give you that, like, day pass reprieve to get out, de-stress, unwind a little bit, cast the line, uh, have a little fun. If you catch release, that if that's your thing, that's great. If you catch and keep a few, that's that's great too. Um, <clears throat> for me, if I catch and want to eat some, I tend to take a little pan with me and my uh, my butane stove. Because once again, we're not allowed the open fire. Uh, so I take the butane stove, little pan, fry everything up in the woods. Uh, Mel doesn't like the smell of fish. Lily is kind of just starting to learn if she likes fish or not yet so I, I may try taking some fresh fish home to her but that's another option for people uh that may be in my predicament as well where somebody in your household does not like the smell of fish like melissa absolutely hates it does not like the smell of fish at all she doesn't mind i eat it but it, she's really nice about it don't get me wrong i'm not saying anything bad but she <laughs> really does not like the smell of any kind of seafood so i try to you know respect that about her and try not to drag them home unless I have to. So I'll usually end up only keeping one. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in catch and release. I don't take any more than I can usually eat in one sitting. That leaves plenty for other people. Uh, a lot of times when I'm fishing, I do like brook trout and stuff like that. So you're only getting pan fry trout anyway. So really you just take one, kind of take a potato with you, throw the potato. Normally, if you were allowed to make a fire, you'd throw the potato in the coals, fry up the fish, you have a meal right there and everything is great. Um, with the burn ban, that's a little harder, so I'd have to take rice or something like that, which is still good. Uh, that's an, something for people to think about, too, is if you do plan on cooking in the woods with fish, think about what you like to take to eat with fish. Myself, I love potatoes. A baked potato is just awesome, made on a fire. Uh, but where we can't have the fire, I suppose I could cook them over the butane stove or something like that, but I switch to rice, and I take, uh, I think it's a half a cup of rice, and I get some green chives or dehydrated green chives, some Italian spice, salt, pepper, garlic, stuff like that. Mix it all together in a little spice container. And then when I'm in there, maybe if uh, I'm gearing up to cook the fish, which I generally will cook in a pan or the odd time I'll split them and cook them right over the open fire uh, and cook my rice, mix it all together, and it makes kind of like a fish stir fry, or if you want to call it that, fish and rice. Anyway, it's actually a really good meal when you're out there, and this is not only something just for this kind of time, it's something to keep in your mind when you're out in the woods in general. Uh, myself, when I go out, and I think I've mentioned it in the past, even when I'm just going out to, for a day trip to go fishing, or day trip to go hunting, or if I'm going for a weekend. At the bottom of my bag, I always have an emergency food supply of basically a cup of rice, a cup of oatmeal, um, and a couple spice vials, or spice dishes, whatever you want to put them in. I've actually switched to using little baggies, because I can reuse them and they work great, and uh, I'm not breaking dishes all the time. So, regardless of what I do, I always keep one of those at the very bottom of my bag, and you'd be surprised at how much that can get you through. You may not eat like a champion or a king, but if something went wrong and you had to survive a couple days, you'd really appreciate a nice warm meal, probably by day three, <laughs> if not day two, uh, if not the end of day one, honestly, let's not kid ourselves. But uh, yeah, it's always kind of my emergency 
food, ugh, my emergency food supply that's in my bag completely counted separate from any food that I'm taking to that trip. I, I literally throw this stuff together. I put it in a vacuum bag. Uh, we got one of those seal a meal deals and you just kind of run it through the vacuum, the vacuum sealer and throw it in the, end of the bottom of the bag and it's like good all year unless you open it. Uh, at the end of the year, generally when fall runs around, I will pull that bag out, I'll open it up and change it out the next time I need to do it. Uh, that way it never gets too old. Rice is good for over a year um, as long as Eric can't get to it for too much. Like, I mean, they're all long-term storage options. So just something to think about. Anyway, I digress. Getting back to the fishing. Um, the whole fishing opening thing, a lot of people are really happy about, as you can imagine here in Nova Scotia. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of people were upset that it actually was delayed. And I kind of alluded to it at the start. I gave a quick crash course in it, but there was a reason behind that because they were worried that when fishing season opened, and especially some of the rural communities down here, and anybody that's from the area, they'll know this. First day of fishing season, when you go by some of the bridges here, there is like 60 people lining the shores. And these people are not six meters apart, or not six meters, six feet apart, two meters. Uh, and generally, they're very, very passionate uh, about their sport fishing. And by passionate, I mean, I have actually seen fights break out on these banks over people snagging other people's gear and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it, it's weird. Sport fishing has its own kind of life as a lot of things do when it comes to these things. But that's kind of the main reason that the government postponed it a little. They wanted to make sure that people had a chance to kind of unwind a bit to the start of fishing season, if that makes any kind of sense. And once again, this is my own personal opinion. I have no research to back this up, but this is just kind of how I feel um from the information i did read and from what i've experienced in the past like uh <laughs> i know troy's on here with me he can vouch for the the bridge down there on the shore he knows exactly what i mean first day of fishing season if there had been no pandemic people start lining up three days before fishing season i, I can remember seeing a couple campers there and literally they're waiting for the the exact second they can drop a line in and this also brings the need for conservation officers and stuff like that who they had deployed in other areas to try and help with the covid pandemic so that would be a whole bunch of other resources they didn't have available at the time because on uh, May, april 15th right in the thick of things all of those um essential services or public workers or whatever you want to call them we're kind of tied up doing other things, assisting with COVID in their own way. Uh, and those that weren't, there wasn't a whole lot of supplies to put them out on the road to keep them safe. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that are still working, this is going to be like hearing a broken record, but things like masks and gloves and stuff there for a little while were very hard to come by. Uh, so when they... <clears throat> So just think, when they closed the borders between provinces, they had to give the RCMP officers masks and gloves and stuff like that to keep them safe. And they were keeping them on for a shift because, well, or for probably a length of time. We'll go X length of time. Um, and they were still burning through a whole bunch of supplies. Now imagine if you put that on a conservation officer in a setting where there's like 60 people crowded near shore. Every single time that officer moves to another person, he would have to change his gloves. And it like the logistics of keeping people supplied would have just been a nightmare. So, uh, 
This past weekend was our first at lower restrictions in Oz. Bridges and fishing spots were the most packed I have ever seen. And that's kind of... I don't want to say that's kind of the problem. That was the worry that was going to happen here. And ultimately, our first day was very much the same. Uh, first day of fishing season, May 1st, drove around all the classic spots and bridges and stuff like that. Tons of people. Uh, most of them, to their credit, were trying to social distance to some degree. But there's always those groups where it's like, you know, Billy Joe, Dan, Bob, and whoever all get together every time fishing season opens and huddle around and try and fish. And we still had those packs here. And there was conservation officers and RCMP officers out uh, trying to enforce the social distancing thing. And ultimately, it did create kind of a logistical nightmare but at least it was a calculated logistical nightmare at that point the numbers had dropped a little bit for our province uh supplies weren't so scarce for them to get out there in the public eye and be able to do a few things uh and i think it oh it went okay um so when was may 1st may 1st was i believe friday and here we are the 6th and the numbers didn't really spike as much as i expected them to there was an ever so slight bump but I don't think it had a lot to do with fishing season. I secretly, and maybe it's just my cynicalness coming out or whatever it is there, I kind of thought the numbers would jump higher than they did. I, I really did. I thought, you know, it's all, people are just going to do what people do and it's going to be a nightmare. But you know what? They didn't bump that high. So I have to eat crow here and I'm going to, you know, take my feet out of my mouth to say this. It went well. And I think that just shows that... Regardless if you're for or against whatever government is running right now, they're doing an okay job with what they have. Uh, they're basing a lot of their opinions and uh, information and stuff like that off the health authority, which I think is the proper way to go about this because, let's face it, you wouldn't go to a mechanic to fix a cut and you wouldn't go to a doctor to get your carburetor fixed, right? So why would a politician that really doesn't understand the ins and outs of how a virus or something like that is going to peak and spread and yada yada, they kind of relied heavily on the, the health side of things. And I think that was just great because it, it's kind of showing now that it's working, right? Uh, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, we overreacted, it was bad. But you know what? Better to overreact and not have a problem than underreact. And unfortunately, uh, you can look at places like uh, Italy, I think it was. Italy, uh, they, they kind of underreacted a little bit. Or maybe it just went worse for them. I don't know. We, we kind of learned from their, how the virus burned through their country. And we kind of adapted a little so unfortunately for them they were kind of like the guinea pig that we learned from and i think at least we didn't you know repeat the mistakes so i think it's kind of working and fishing is going very well uh what's my so may 1st was your first overnight fishing adventure of the season but it had to be solo and that's the other thing so there there's mixed feelings, mixed information, and I don't know what the be-all to end-all to this is. Uh, I've seen different people say one thing and different people say another, and that's including governing bodies and organizations. It's about the staying in the woods. 
I can't find anywhere specifically it's written down where it says you can't camp out. I see lots of texts that strongly recommend against it. So I don't know if you're technically allowed or if you're technically not allowed, but that's also coming into play now with fishing seasons open is you're going to start getting that that one night over into the woods and stuff like that, which is fine. If that's your thing, I'm not condemning. I'm not condoning. None of that. That's on you. That's good. But that does add a little bit of complication to things now because trips that would have been you and your friend, you are now going solo, as Gary just said. So now you have to be a little extra careful when you're out there. Little things that would just be an annoyance when you had somebody else with you could potentially ruin your entire trip out. So it's just fishing has opened a door for us to kind of sneak our toes back into the woods uh, and get reacquainted with things, but not with its own disadvantages as well. Because it's still very hard to get emergency services out into the woods due to the COVID stuff. Uh, and Ben and I have preached this in the past, and it's starting to sound like a broken record. But we do want to stress that. Keep that in mind. You are going to have delayed response times for things like fire departments, search and rescue, uh, police. Like, there are delays. That's the reality of the world we're living in right now with this COVID stuff. So please keep that in mind when you do do your adventuring and stuff like that and plan accordingly. Uh, yeah, prime thing there. Any successful response will always seem like an overreaction. And you know what? There's a little bit of truth to that. If it worked, was it really an overreaction? You know, like, I'm still of the mindset I would rather have overreacted and everything went very well than underreacted and everything went terribly on well. Because what are we into this now? Almost eight weeks? Something like that. I think it was March 15th, 16th, somewhere in there. It's when the first uh, procedures went in to start locking stuff down and things like that here in Nova Scotia. And here we are like May 6th. Uh, so yeah, we're somewhere around a seven, eight week mark. So imagine that. Seven, eight weeks and how difficult that's been for the stuff we have put into place. Imagine we had done nothing. We could be looking at, like, these harsh terms, quote-unquote, uh, maybe 16 weeks. Who knows? And let's not kid ourselves. Even though things are starting to slowly loosen up throughout the country, that doesn't mean that in the next couple weeks things are going to be back to normal. And I think that's the largest misconception people have is they're waiting for things to go back to normal. Um... And realistically, that's not going to happen for a long, long time. Um, but that doesn't, that's not a scare tactic. Don't get me wrong. What that means is you're still going to see social distancing be a thing for a long time. Um, you're going to see the effects of COVID ripple throughout not just our province country, but the world for a long time. Um, a lot of these bailouts the governments have been giving companies which i'm all for don't get me wrong i'm not anti-companies or anything like that don't get the wrong impression but all of the all of this extra money that's been spent that's gonna have to be recouped somewhere and i mean we're talking billions of dollars at this point just in canada so that money's gonna have to be recouped we're gonna be putting that back into the coffers for a for years to come so we're gonna don't think covid's just gonna disappear one night and everything is gonna go back to normal everything's gonna be ticking to boo Unfortunately, my opinion, I don't think that's realistic. I think for years we are going to be seeing the effects of this. But I digress. Once again, fishing opened up. It's a great thing. Uh, I know, I don't think Ben has gotten out yet. 
I was talking to him earlier today and I don't even think he's got his license yet, but he is still working from home. And uh, like I said, he's had some uh, emergency obligations that came up and things like that that he had to take care of. So, and that's the reality of a lot of people here. Um, I am curious though, for everybody that's out there listening, and I know we have three or four, have any of you gone out there and gotten some fishing? And I know you have, Gary, don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> as soon as fishing season opened, I I pretty much assumed you were sitting in the driveway holding your fishing rod, just chomping at the bit to get out there. But uh, has anyone else actually gotten out and tried the whole fishing thing with the social distancing thing attached to it? Um, I always tend to avoid groups of people anyway when I'm out in the woods. I like, you know, one, two people or myself. Uh, I always tend to be a little bit more private, so I honestly didn't notice that big of a difference. But as I'm driving around sometimes, either going to work, coming from work, going down to the fire hall or something like that, I see these classic locations um, where people really do cluster together, as I mentioned before, and you can kind of see them taking the whole social distancing thing under wing a little bit. And it's kind of awkward in some instances, because you can kind of see them all eyeballing each other, and they may they may not even know each other. Don't get me wrong, and they're trying to determine if they're they're six feet. And it's <clears throat> I hate to say it, but it's almost kind of comical to watch. Uh, once again, just my own opinion. It, it just kind of on the lighter side of things, it created this weird awkward vibe around some of these fishing spots, or at least that's the way it seems from an outsider driving by looking through a window, right? Like most times you see these guys, they're literally shoulder to shoulder, lined up against the, the riverbank with their hands in their pockets, kind of shuffling around to keep warm because it's still pretty cool in this neck of the woods. And now you don't get that. You got like maybe the little clusters of the father-son or father-daughter or mother-daughter or whatever the case may be, kind of huddled together and then like they're popping up in little dots all over the riverbank, which is it's kind of good because that means they are following social distancing all that good stuff for the most part but it's to me it looks like the social aspect of fishing has been made a little awkward so anybody that's usually a social fisherman what's your or fishing person whatever the case may be uh what is your two cents on this i'd be really interested to hear from that if you want to shoot a, a message to us on facebook or email us or whatever just to kind of see how that's being affected a, a, more than just here because i mean don't get me wrong, this is only one little snapshot of a way bigger global picture, you know what I mean? Uh, let's see, planning to take the kayak out this weekend, the wind was pushing 30, so yeah, it was, uh, and that's what I found when I went out on Sunday, I thought this little lake was going to be, or pond, whatever you want to call it, was going to be very sheltered in, uh, it was really, really windy up there. I actually had a hard time getting the, keeping the butane stove going. Turned out it was a little dirty, and that caused a lot of my problems. But anyway, I had a hard time keeping that going to heating up my tea. Uh, just because the wind was blowing there. And once again, if anybody wants to see that, there's pictures on the Facebook page. Um, it was a great little adventure. Let's see. I was windbound day one, but managed... Oh, so you did get out in the kayak. Did you, Gary? Uh, how was it out in the water? Uh, I know it was very windy on Sunday for here. I, I wished I had a kayak where I was, but I don't think it would have floated along at all. Um, and that's the other thing. I think you're going to see a rise in boat fishing. 
because of all this COVID stuff. Because for kayaks, canoes, I mean, a canoe is kind of a, you can get more than one person in it. It's like two people, sometimes three people. Uh, but kayaks, I think you're going to see a, a kind of a jump in those because let's face it, a kayak is a great solo water transport vehicle. Uh, May 1st weekend. May 1st weekend was to be a five-man trip. Four of us went, but instead of together, we were all in separate parts of the province. So you're still handling it in the spirit of the situation. Everybody went out and just did their own thing, which is kind of nice. Uh, Saturday morning was great. Unfortunately, I was... Well, not unfortunately. I guess I had other obligations. I had gone to the uh, gun range to do some target practice there, so I, I wasn't out Saturday. Uh, I wanted to go check out a new range in Truro, and I had a lot of fun, but I went on Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think you're going to see a rise in kayaks this year. And that's just a gut feeling, because even I'm looking harder at one now. I've always said I wanted a kayak, Ben kind of hooked me on them, then Gary backed him up, so now I really want a kayak. But the thing is, a kayak is a very personal mode of transportation. I mean, you can get two-person kayaks, but generally a one-person kayak, your fishing gear... You can get to a lot of places. You're going to get to see a lot more great little fishing holes in lakes and rivers and stuff like that that you might have fished in the past uh, that you're now going to see from different angles just simply by boating to it. And I really do think you're going to see a little bit of a rise in kayak sales and stuff like that. Uh, so Gary has a video up of his trip there. If anybody wants to check that out, and that's Nova Scotia or NS Yak Fisher Outdoors. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube and Hopefully I'll be able to include the link in the description here to that video. Because Gary's videos are always pretty informative. I watch them because he's a way better fisherman than I am. Uh, as I said, I didn't catch any fish. Uh, when I told Ben that, he did poke a little fun at me. But I don't, I've never confessed to be a great fisherman. I, I go out to have fun. Let's not kid ourselves. And I think that's the big thing. Is if you get out and have a little bit of fun, that is the main point in my mind of going out. Unless you're really out there to try and fish for food, in which case I wish you the best of luck and hope that you get everything you need. Same as uh, any other self-reliance type of food gathering. But for me, it's more about the enjoyment of just getting out. I enjoy casting the line. Most times I don't even care if I catch anything. Sometimes I'm bummed if I was expecting to eat it. Uh, <laughs> means I usually just eat like plain rice or plain potatoes. But I never really need it. I always have food at home. Um... And I just really enjoy getting out, seeing nature. Uh, I get to play around the water a little bit because generally when I go do my bushcrafting thing, I I don't do a lot of it around the water and not for any specific reason other than I'm not equipped well to work around water. Uh, I've realized that very quickly. Like, I don't own a decent pair of rubber boots. I don't have any kind of chest waders. I don't own a boat. So unless it's warm, I tend to, uh, I tend to avoid the water a little bit just because I know I'm going to get wet and cold. Hoping to change that a little bit. And I'm, like I said, I'm going to be watching a few of Gary's videos. I'm going to try and really push to do more fishing this year. Simply because it's uh, one of the things we can do now. Get out there. It's giving me a reason to get out a little bit more, I hope. And uh, maybe I can practice some of the bushcrafting stuff out there. And I hope you guys do the same. Once again, we can't make fire, so that's kind of crappy. But at the same time... You might be able to practice, like, some take your hammock out, set it up for the day. Uh, learn some hammock lays. Play with your tarp a little bit in the woods, which is, we always say practice in your backyard, which is always great. 
<laughs> you know what, Troy? I do not like sardines. I like trout. I do not like sardines. I have never liked sardines. I've tried to eat them uh, half a dozen times. Um, I just can't do them. Not at all. And I really wish I could because they're so full of like omega-3 and 6 and stuff like that. And they're conveniently packed in a can, which throws in your backpack really well. But anyway... <clears throat> Yeah, David, same kind of thing. It's a great excuse to get out and see some great country. And where it is one of the only things still opened up, or sorry, it's not one of the only things opened up. It has just recently opened up. Uh, it gives that added excuse to get out. So if you've always been thinking about fishing, what better time? Grab yourself a license. Keep social distancing in mind. Get out and do a little fishing. It's really not expensive to get into. I think licenses are under $30 for residents here in Nova Scotia. And like I said, I bought a $25 collapsible rod that would fit in my four-wheeler. Uh, it's not the best rod on the planet, but it worked fairly well. It came with some basic tackle, so you don't have to spend a whole lot of money gearing up. I think it would work great for brook trout and stream fishing. Um, yeah, learn to set up your hammock in windy storm conditions. Like, there's a lot of stuff you can attach to this fishing thing. Like, yeah. once again, I'm not condoning or condemning the whole staying overnight. I don't know what the legality stance is on that right now. Uh, so I'm not going to say one way or the other. You do you, and thumbs up to that. But even if you don't want to do the stay in the woods, you can still set up your tarps and your hammocks. And even if you want to bring, like, um... A sleeping pad or something like that and just try making different situations how you could use that build a raised bed uh it, it's a good time to if you have some property to start working on a bushcraft camp go out during the day uh do a little fishing you can kind of come back work on the camp for a few minutes it just gives you that reason to get out and i think that's the big thing with the fishing opening up giving you that reason to get out and just get out of the slump off this whole covid quarantine thing because it's not going away anytime soon at least i don't think it's going to so we might as well make the best of what we got and what they're giving us to work with because like it or lump it we are still being told what we can and can't do and we got to work within those constraints they give us excuse me so let's make the best of it so i I don't want to say I challenge, but I offer to anybody out there listening, if you haven't fished in the past and you've been thinking about it, try it. Uh, get out, try a little fishing, take some pictures. Send those in to Ben and I. We love seeing your guys' pictures and hearing your guys' stories. We get messages all the time from people around the world that say, hey, we just caught the podcast. Here's me out doing, you know, whatever. And we love hearing the stories and seeing the pictures and seeing the little videos. And we will jump onto your Twitter and Facebooks and stuff like that and check your stuff out if you leave the stuff for us. That's kind of what this is all about. It's sharing and learning for everybody around the world. So yeah, I think I'll leave you with that because it is was meant to be a quick show. And I think we're falling into the 30 minutes there. Get out, get some fishing, and share with us. Because I think all of us, not just Ben and I, but all of us in the bushcrafting com community are living vicariously through everybody else in the bushcrafting community right now. We can only go out and do so much in our own locations. And in Nova Scotia, that limits us, us to not being able to have fires and stuff like that. But in other parts of the country, you can have fires. And so, yeah, I think that's the whole thing right now is let's try and do everything vicariously through each other and maybe make the best of a bad situation. Or... Yeah, I guess that's it. It is a bad situation. COVID sucks. So, 
if anybody does go out and do that, be sure to let us know, and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Um, but yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. It was kind of quick and dirty. It was just a solo of me rambling about fishing. But as always, I'm glad you all joined me. All right, everybody. Have a good night. And everybody that joined me, thanks for joining me. You guys have a good night, too. We'll talk to you later.